Roto Grinders presents your first word in daily fantasy sports. The Morning Grind, Stevie TPFL and Company are here to jumpstart your analysis on today's DFS slate. Without further ado, here's your host, Stephen Young. Hey everyone, welcome to the Roto Grinders Morning Grind podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It is Monday, it is August 19th, it's 2019, and we have nine baseball games to talk about here on today's slate. I'm joined by my buddy, Jordan Cooper Blenderhead. How are you doing, my friend? Good, good, and I want to give uh, congratulations to to Chris Kirkwood. Apparently uh, apparently my little gift thing, the little <laughs> Dana McGride thing worked. He came in second in the DraftKings uh, live final, and of course he had to make it a point after afterwards to to troll me by like saying that he came in second using all three outfield spots in a stack. I, I seen I, I saw that you um you 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 trolled him right back saying that the guy with first place did not have all three. So right, it's first place equity, baby. Right, that's all that matters. Uh, yeah, congrats to Kirk D's uh, really cool dude. Uh, obviously, he's a Red Sox fan, so he has that going for him. So. Congrats to him. Uh, lo- love seeing that. Um, love seeing Roto Grinders guys do well. And, you know, Kirk is one of the guys, one of the nicest guys. And um, also, he's just no bullshit. So I, that's one of the reasons that I like Kirk D's. So um, congrats to him. He's on a show today. Um, I don't know if um, that show, if he got it postponed or not, but on the schedule, he's supposed to be on a Grinders live show today. So. He was hanging out with Snoop Dogg. I saw that. <laughs> um, he had a much better weekend than I did. So I, I will say that. I did not have a good weekend in NASCAR and, um, you know, ready ready, to, ready for a week off in NASCAR. You know, enjoy the weekend this weekend coming up. But ready to jump into baseball. I played baseball on Sunday for the first time in probably two months. So um, ready to jump back into baseball because I, I had a pretty good Sunday slate. So, um, we're going to get jumping into this, but before we do that, if you guys haven't already, make sure you head on over to fantasydraft.com, sign up through the Roto-Grinders links, and we get three months of Roto-Grinders premium for Fantasy Draft, plus you'll get any access to any cool promos that we run with them. They do have their million-dollar Hooters kickoff $20 buy-in tournament coming up um, in week one, and for the second straight week, they're running a free roll, NFL preseason free roll. You can enter it five times, five times. The top one, top 750 people in the free roll are going to win a $20 ticket into the Hooters Millions. So you can enter it five times, 750 people getting paid out, and then they're even giving out some $4 and $1 tickets. So 4,250 spots are going to get paid in this free roll. Enter it five times. It's preseason NFL covered here in the Roto-Grinders premium package. So um, check that out. Uh, Awesome job by – Fantasy draft getting people excited for football season. We don't see free rolls hardly anymore, Blender. We, we saw them a lot, you know, five, six, seven years ago. You don't see them as much anymore. No, you see them on DraftKings once in a while. They give you like a movie rental or something. Like uh, it's, a, it's a $7 million entry contest, and the top five gets like a, like a free appetizer at Buffalo Wild Wings or something. <laughs> oh, all right. We're going to jump into this slate. We got nine games to cover. We start with Kansas City against Baltimore, 10 total. Jorge Lopez against John Means. Um, any interest here in um, Lopez? Uh, Lopez is one of the worst pitchers on the slate. Uh, he's getting a ballpark downgrade heading into to Baltimore. Uh, 
I, I don't see rostering either of the pitchers in this game, although I guess some people may want to play John Means against the Royals. You don't really expect, like, Lopez to go deep either, do you? Like, I don't expect him to go too deep into this game. He's not really stretched out. He hasn't really been pitching in a starter's role. If he's pitching well, maybe 70. If he's not pitching well, probably 50. So, you're going to get Kansas City bullpen for most part of this game. You're definitely not playing Lopez here. I don't think I'll play Means here. If I like to target Kansas City more with right-handed pitching, when we look at John Means – when we look at this lineup, Dozier, Solaire, um, they'll have Merrifield, Cuthbert. Like, they have some righties here with lower strikeout rates, um, under 20% as a combined projected lineup. So, I, I like more right-handed pitchers. And, you know, there's, there's, some, there's some pitchers today that are down in this range that have a little bit of upside. So, um, I, I don't mind maybe taking a shot on some of these other guys instead of him. Yeah, I can see. I, I can see means getting some ownership because I think people aren't going to want to pay fifty four hundred for Dozier, fifty five hundred for Solaire, fifty one hundred for Merrifield, and because you're gonna we're gonna get to the Astros, they're gonna rather pay for those guys at those prices. So you're gonna probably need to have some type of cheap pitcher. So I could see. I, I'm not saying means is going to be chalk, but I can see double digit, digit ownership here, which actually makes me want to. Uh, play play Royals bats and my my favorite out of the bunch is Cuthbert because he has not been priced up even though over the past two years he has an over 200 ISO against lefties yeah he stings against righties he's awful but he he certainly can hit lefties um you know you talked about a two-year sample even if you just look at this year 305 ISO and 63 plate appearances 42.2 percent hard hit rate um air distance over 300 everything that we'd like to look for here and you nailed it. Like, he's 3,500. You don't have to play him at first base. You can play him at third base. So, um, I like Cuthbert. I, I I cannot pay these prices for Merrifield, Dozier, and Solaire. I don't think they're the worst stack on the slate by any means. That price tag is crazy. Those, those prices are so high. But then you, you think about, like, means his numbers against righties. And then the bullpen, um, like, there's upside. I just – the prices are ridiculous. Well, you could always throw in the cheap catcher with Deeney, thirty-two hundred. It's not two K though. Oh, it's close enough on this slate. It's close. Have you seen the pitcher pricing? Yeah, I have. that's that seems like a deal. <laughs> yeah, th- there's there's a couple pitchers that I feel like you know have some upside at the price, and we'll get to them. But yeah, um, I don't mind it. Like if I if I feel like if I was going to stack Kansas City, it'd probably be more towards the bottom, and it'd probably be two or three guys instead of a five man. Okay, that makes sense. I think they, the Orioles, though, I think they're actually priced a little too far down uh, against uh, Lopez and the bullpen in Baltimore with a 5.3 implied run total. I mean, Mancini's 4,900, but outside of that, you could play Nunez at 4,000. I don't if, it, if it's going to be Lopez for three innings or something in the bullpen, like, I don't care if left side, right side, doesn't matter to me. So, like, you could, you could stack this team for under 20K by even using, like, VR, Santander, uh, Nunez, Peterson, anyone at the bottom, Rio Ruiz, 3,400, whoever seems to crack the lineup. I mean, I may want, not want to uh, take up two outfield spots with Orioles, uh, definitely not three, despite what, what other people may say. <laughs> uh, but we're going to get into chalky bats, and I think that 
I'm going to look to differentiate as much as possible. I mean, if I'm going to play a hundred lineups, uh, I'm going to do that. And I, even if you're playing one to five lineups, like you can't just go chalky McChalkerson in a 29,000 entry contest on DraftKings. So just consider like, I know that some of these guys are, are priced similarly to Astros against Edwin Jackson, but those guys are going to be 20 plus percent owned and you never know it could fail. I think the other thing you got to remember here is like a, like the two guys here, Mancini Nunez, they both have 200 plus ISOs to lefties and righties. So it doesn't matter who comes in from this bullpen. They're, they're going to have the, the power, the isolated power against both sides. So uh, those are probably my two favorites. Um, I don't mind throwing Santander in there. He's a switch hitter, not going to be really affected by the bullpen. VR, a switch hitter, not going to be affected by the bullpen. So now I'm at four, you know, who's my cheap guy? And that, that's kind of what I'll just, you know, do if I'm going to stack Baltimore. If I play a bunch of teams, that's, you know, something that I would look at as well. Um, Washington at Pittsburgh, 10 total. Joe Ross, Trevor Williams. Uh, Joe Ross, a minus 122 favorite here going into Pittsburgh. I guess it's a slight ballpark upgrade for him. Pittsburgh, you know, Pittsburgh and Washington, it's a slight ballpark upgrade. Um, Any interest here in Ross? Well, with the the comparative pricing on the pitchers, I mean, Ross, although his underlying metrics before he came back doesn't signify that he's a good pitcher at all, he's actually pitched decently well in his past couple of starts. It's just that he's now up to 6,900. And I'm not sure that, like, if I'm going to pay 6900 I might as well just, like, go all the way down. Like, he's, like, in this middle range. I typically want to attack the Pirates with lefties, not righties. Uh, I think the bats in this game are going to be low-owned. I'd almost rather play the bats at that point than have Ross at 6900 So one thing that I've kind of noticed about Ross, because I looked into him a little bit after the Cincinnati start, because I didn't play him in that Cincinnati start, so I wanted to dig into just, you know, what's going on here. And, like, he stopped kind of throwing this cutter. Like, he's not really throwing his cutter. Um, his fastball velocity is up a few, like, point – I think it's like point seven or something. Um, you know, so I think that's something that's really huge. But he's using his, his sinker. Like, he's using his sinker almost 10% more than he was last year. Um, so – He's generating more ground balls, and the swinging strike rate is up. The outside, the zone strike rate, the swinging strike rate is up. And I think that's something that you don't look at on an everyday basis on every single pitcher. You know, you can. I think that's, you know, certainly something that's important. But I think that's just telling us that, like, he's throwing sinkers down in the zone more, and he's getting guys to chase it. So, 6,900 for a guy facing Pittsburgh, I I think it's a tough – Tougher matchup if they roll out, you know, Frazier, Reynolds, Bell, Moran, all these lefties. But if this lineup comes out and maybe a couple of these guys are not in the lineup, you know, I I think Ross is a little bit more interesting if it's more righties. Um, I'm going to play him against right-handed heavy teams this year. I I really am if we're going to continue to see these trends. But too many lefties here for me on Ross at 6,900. We're going to talk about – McKay, who's just a little bit more in a, in a dream spot against Seattle. So, I don't even know if it's a dream spot, but, you know, we'll see. Uh, Trevor Williams, he's 5,900 facing Washington. Washington's coming off a monster game. Williams is always very hit or miss. My, my biggest issue with Williams in this spot is he doesn't 
really strike people out and Washington doesn't really strike out. Yeah, that's why I look at 5,900 and I have a very similar problem. I see Ross's upside for 1,000 more is higher than Williams. Like, what is, what is his realistic path? Like to twenty points, I like I don't I don't see it against this Nationals team. I really mean, good Babbitt. <laughs> right, well, but that's but that's it. I mean, the Nationals have a have a five point three implied run total. They're going to have Eaton, Soto, Adams. Le- I mean, it, the 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 plate side doesn't even matter that much to Williams because he doesn't really have a strikeout pitch. So looking at this, like Cabrera is going to grab bat from the other side if he's in the lineup. Like I know that the Nationals are getting a ballpark downgrade, but I mean it. Could, See, the thing is, with these cheap pitchers, relatively, we're going to get to expensive pitchers that you don't want to pay for and go, well, what makes these guys twice as less a pitcher as them? They're a worse pitcher, but not twice as worse. So I could see including some Trevor Williams into, like, if you're building, you know, through the lineup builder. But outside of that, like, I, I prefer – I don't think the bats are going to be attacked enough in this game for it to be – I mean, it's a 10-plus total – and I think most of the bats in this game are going to go unowned. You know, I think Means probably has more upside than Williams, too. Like, if I'm looking in this price range, like, go, just go back to that other game really quick. I think that Means, uh, like Ross, probably has a little bit more upside than Williams. So, like, in tournaments, like, give me those upside guys. Like, I, I know their their floor is much lower, but I, I'm chasing that ceiling in large field tournaments and tournaments in general. Um, Washington bats, you know, you kind of talked about these guys being <laughs> – you know, maybe overlooked here after coming off of two monster games. Um, can they keep it rolling here, even in the ballpark downgrade? Well, I don't even – it has, to me, it has nothing to do with it. Can they keep it rolling or not? The, like, these guys are priced similarly to better bats that you want in better matchups. So, I just take a look at, at the, the positions, like Trey Turner at 5,100 with his stolen base and home run potential. Like, no one's playing him. Like, no one's playing Rendon. No one's playing Soto. No, I mean, Adams may get some ownership at 4,200 as the lefty there. Maybe Cabrera at third, maybe, if he cracks the lineup. Something like that. It's just that, like, if you told me Juan Soto at 5,200 hit two home runs off of Trevor Williams, I wouldn't be shocked, and he's going to be 2% owned. So, like, that's, that's what I'm looking at. Of, like, like, this is very similar to what I do in NBA and GPP. Of, like, like, you could say, oh, it's a bad matchup, but it's still Kawhi Leonard. But, I mean, it's a bad matchup, but it's still Jokic. It, like, it's one of those types of situations where, like, Turner, Rendon, Soto, Adams, like, these guys are better hitters that are not going to get 10 times less ownership than other bats on the slate. And the Pirates may be even on the others even lower. Guys like Marte and Bell, especially. I mean, no, one, no one's going to pay for these guys. Brian Reynolds? I'm not saying you have to take these guys. I'm not even saying that you have to stack either of these teams. But I think just the bats in this game could easily all go under 5% on this slate. Yeah, we don't have a total for Arizona or Texas, but, you know, the Pirates and the Orioles, the first two games we're covering here, have both have 10 implied totals, and those are the two highest on the slate as of right now. I think that Texas one would be pretty high, and I could see potentially the Arizona one being, you know, 9.5 to 10. So – um, yeah, I, I think it's very important not to forget Washington today. Like, I, I think that is something like, you know, and, and don't forget Adam Eaton like uh, Stevie did on Sunday. So, um, the Pittsburgh, you know, you kind of gloss over Pittsburgh here, but like Colin Moran's really cheap 
Like, he's a guy that has upside against Ross, who is much better against righties than lefties. You can make, you know, a nice little three-man here, maybe even a four-man if you want to add in, like, a, a Frazier or Reynolds. So, I'm certainly not sleeping on the Pittsburgh side of this game either because Frazier's 3.5K, Colin Moran's 3.5K. One of your favorite things here is I'm looking at three potential infielders on a three-man, um, and, and two of them are really, really cheap. No, I get it. You're 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 reading my books. Yeah, I, I'm I, I see, to you, buddy. Yeah, just don't use three outfielders. <laughs> <laughs> I, I used three outfielders on Sunday. And it was okay. It was the Red Sox though, so it was a little different. They're they're so hard to like. They're so hard to stack without three outfielders. Sometimes well, try to stack the Angels without three outfielders. Hey, Angels in the outfield. We move on. Seattle at Tampa. A bad pun joke, but man, I haven't seen the movie in forever. Me and Grant were just talking about that the other day. Marco Gonzalez against Brandon McKay. Um, McKay is a minus 198 favorite, big favorite here against Seattle. Um, first, let's start with Marco Gonzalez. We know Tampa struggles with lefties. We, we saw him struggle on Sunday against Matt Boyd. Matt Boyd, a much better pitcher um, than Marco Gonzalez. But we have to re- respect Marco Gonzalez's second half of the season and not just look at what he's done in the first half. But – 10.6K for Marco Gonzalez is a little steep. The, the Rays have a five implied run total. Marco Gonzalez is 10.6K. We don't pay t- over 10K <laughs> for pitchers that are pitching into five implied run totals. We barely do it when there's a 4.1 implied run total. We typically are looking for the threes. So he's not going to be owned, but I don't just don't – like, like really – what what's his path here that you're not gonna like? I think Brendan McKay at 7,500 will put up more raw points than Marco Gonzalez at 10.6k. So like, why aren't I not taking the three thirty one hundred dollars savings? Yeah, McKay's had um, you know some really tough matchups and some cupcake matchups. Um, this one kind of fits the build as a, a mixed matchup. I think I think that people don't respect Seattle against lefties enough, but. One thing that we do have to look at here when it comes to Seattle is they have five guys with strikeout rates over 23% against left-handed pitching this season. There's a lot of upside here. It's kind of not really a downgrade as far as ballpark. These ballparks are pretty close to each other. It's it's pretty, you know, Tampa's still a very good pitching ballpark, but we're getting Brandon McKay at 7.5K against a team with a big strikeout rate. Like, we don't have to overthink this. He's, he's going to be in our player pool today. In your player pool? He's going to be, I mean – He's going to be the staple of most lineups. I mean, he's Seattle's chalk. Oh, he's going to be the mega. I think he. I actually yeah. think he's going to be the mega mega chalk. I mean, like mega mega. Uh, Seattle's getting a ballpark downgrade heading into Tampa. They have a three point six implied run total. McKay probably, in comparatively to the slate, should probably be closer to ninety five hundred or even ten. If Marco Gonzalez is a ten six pitcher, McKay should be a ten k pitcher. Uh, I can see in G. I can see in a large field GPP. McKay potentially, I know Jamino's hamster wheels have to go for the ownership, uh, but I can realistic you, you I would not be shocked if McKay was sixty percent owned. And at that ownership, if you were to tell me I'm gonna I'm gonna fade it or I'm gonna play Seattle bats against it, like I can't I can't call you nuts. That's the type of moves that I make, but like it's hard for me to see who to play here. Like uh, maybe Santana, maybe I mean Lopez. I did. I I stacked the Mariners against uh, Panone, 
uh, Charlie William Pannone was like 40% owned, but that's Thomas Pannone. Like, I didn't expect much from him. So here it's just uh, – McKay is so much better to lefties than, like, Pannone is to lefties. So, like, I just don't see – I can't stack the Mariners, but I can see in a lineup that you're fading McKay taking, you know, some of the righties, like Domingo Santana or Austin Nola at a second base position or something like that. I'd rather not fill an outfield spot with a Mariner on the slate. Yeah, one of the reasons I had a good Sunday slate is I loaded up on Tom Murphy. He's another guy that I like here. Like, he's a a guy with a big big ISO against lefties, and he's a catcher at 3,800. So, like, you're you're going to be tough to find outfielders and in, in third basemen and shortstops with ISO numbers like Murphy, and he's a catcher. So, like, I, I like Murphy. He's a big strikeout guy, though, like 35%. So, like, there's obviously some downside for Murphy, but – I don't mind um, Nola. Ever since he's gotten called up, he's been very good. And because of how bad he is against righties, his price is always going to be in this 35 to 38 range. So I, I really like Nola at second base if you're, if you're not playing McKay on teams. Um, I, I think those are guys you look at. Nola's rolling right now, too. He's got hits in five straight with multi-hits in three of the last four. So um, certainly don't mind dirt cheap Nola at 3.5K like you mentioned. Um, as far as Tampa goes here, there's not much standing out to me. I will say Travis Darno, you know, same argument that we just made for Murphy. Darno is a big time ISO guy against left-handed pitching. So he instantly stands out. And then like a guy like Duffy, if he's going to hit second, you know, Matt Duffy's 3.2 K like, you know, we're, we're looking for some value today and you know, two guys that kind of stand out to me. This is a potential vomit stack, Stevie. I'm telling you, I was just looking at it. Hey, Zeus is cheap. Like, I, I was waiting for it. Well, they have a five implied run total, and their stack, their stack uh, price could be 17K because, like, FAM is 4K. You could play Meadows lefty-lefty. People don't realize that Gonzalez actually gives up more power to lefties than he does to righties. And Meadows actually hits lefties pretty well. So no one's going to play that guy. And then maybe you don't play Duffy, but you can play Brousseau at 3,400. You could buy I me, mean, maybe not Heredia, but uh, you could you could put together a stack here, no problem. Uh, I mean, the Rays have not been good lately, but that means less people are going to play them. I see if if you're going to try to pay up for two pitchers, which I don't know what the hell pitchers those would be, but <laughs> I mean, they, they, there's two. I, I could I could see a Bauer Gallon type of, type of lineup that you try to put together, like. Like, you could do it with the, the, the Rays. Another thing that kind of, like, is interesting is, like, we're going to talk about a, a team that's coming up that's really expensive and, like, using three or four of these guys to make that stack a little bit easier with your pitching. Um, so, you know, that you know you can use Tampa today. Five implied total, like, like you just said. And the power numbers are there for quite a bit of these guys. So, um, we move on, though. We got the Padres and the Reds. Um Eric Lauer against Trevor Bauer, nine total. Bauer is a big favorite here. He's 11-7. We'll talk about him here in just a second. Eric Lauer on the other side of this game. If it was a strong lefty, I'd probably have some interest, but he's just not a strong lefty. No, I mean, he'll generate some ground balls, but, I mean, with the righties in this lineup now, I mean, with Aquino there now and Suarez, uh, like – T- Senzel has power. Galvis has power. Like, Irvin it's has not, power against lefties, too. It depends on who's – even if Winker lefty-lefty. I mean, he has power. Van Meter has power. It's the wrong side of the plate. 
but it's like Lauer's not really a strikeout pitcher. At 7,900, I'll, I'll take a shot on Joe Ross before taking a shot on Eric Lauer at 7,900 against the Reds. It doesn't mean I want to play the Reds, but it just means that, like, at, at eight, that, like he, he's 400 more than McKay. Like, how, how is that possible? Like, you would never play Lauer before McKay unless you already have McKay and you're, and you're playing him also, I guess. It's just uh, the pricing on this slate from DraftKings. Did they just fall asleep? Because it's just like they make no sense in combination. Like if 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 Wade Miley and 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 Marco Gonzalez are over ten k, why isn't Trevor Bauer fifteen k on this slate? Um. Yeah, I, I hear you. I, I do. Um. These are the slates where they where the pricing is kind of funky and like. You know, you, you find those diamonds and you just roll with it. So, um, <laughs> well, Eric Lauer's not a diamond. Don't roll with he's him. He's not. Nope, he's not. Um, and the thing is, like, we have plenty of bats to pay up for today. And we haven't really got into some of the big stacks today. But kind of goes back to the argument for John Means. Like, as the more we go through this slate, the more I kind of like Means. Um, anyway, uh, Bauer, he's facing San Diego. They're getting a massive ballpark upgrade. They're much better team against left-handed pitching than right-handed pitching. My biggest thing here from Maurer is two potentially only three lefties, and like that's just been his major downfall this entire season. So I think 11-7 is a really tough ask, but who else are you paying over 10K for outside of maybe a Kyle Gibson against the White Sox? But 10-1 for Kyle Gibson is, is, is tough to, to kind of stomach. Well, there's no pitcher with more upside than Bauer on on this slate. I mean, Hosmer may be the only lefty in the lineup, maybe Naylor, but we're still talking about high strikeout rates. Tatis is gone, so you don't have to worry about him. Ty France, Luis Urias is batting sixth. I mean, they're cheap on this other side, but the Padres have a four-implied run total in the Great American Small Park. Uh, like, just from strike, I mean, Bauer could strike out 14 this game. But also understand, Bauer, if you told me that Bauer gave up eight runs in two innings, walking four and giving up two home runs to Machado and Menfro, I wouldn't be shocked either. He's a head case. He really is. Um, this lineup took a huge hit over the weekend with Tatis, um, you know, being out now. Like, I know we had a little bit of the details on Friday. But, yeah, we know Tatis is out now. So, like, big hit to the lineup. Like, Margo. Like, we go from Tatis to Margo batting leadoff, and it's just a, it's a major downgrade. So, yeah, if I'm paying, if I'm paying up, uh, obviously I'm looking at Bauer as my SP1. I think he's, he's, he's way up here, and, like, the next guys are definitely down further. And I honestly don't really like any of the Padres. If I was going to take any kind of shots here, It'd probably be Renfro just because he has the power, and that's that's really it. I don't really like the the Padres here at all. Yeah, I mean they're cheap, they're vomit worthy. It's just that I don't like I don't like vomit stacks against strikeout pitchers because because you know they they get out of rallies too much. Like it's either going to be a guy that either walks the moon without striking anyone out or gives up a lot of power without striking anyone out. Like Bauer doesn't even fit the bill there. So yes, if you're not playing Bauer, I could see playing one offs from the Padres, but it doesn't seem like the type of team that I'm going to stack up. Like Hedges, like if you want to just – you want a cheap, cheap, cheap guy, 2,400 Hedges, fine. You, you can do worse. Um, if you're playing on Fantasy Draft, I really don't hate Eric Hosmer. Like he, he's been hitting the ball really well. 
he's got hits in nine of his last 10 uh, multi hits in five of those um, games. So like where I can play up to five first basemen, I don't mind Hosmer. It's a ballpark upgrade. He's on the road. He's probably going to be batting third or fourth and he's still, you know, kind of cheap. So I think that would be the guy on fantasy draft that I'd be looking at. And as far as the reds go, we kind of already skimmed past like over the reds, like Senzel, Suarez, uh, Aquino, Irvin uh, have been the power guys against left-handed pitching this season. Um, how do you not have some exposure to all four of those guys and really Aquino here, like <laughs> facing an Eric Lauer? I know he's 5K, but people hate, hate paying for this guy. Like no respect whatsoever because he's a rookie. Right. Well, with Lauer's uh, ground ball lean, like I'm less inclined to stack this team and I'll, I'll take onesies and twosies. I don't mind a Suarez. I don't mind Aquino. I don't. I mean, Aquino's five K. The, the Astros are five K. Like it, it's one of those things where the Reds are going to get a little overlooked. But I'm not necessarily in in love with the stack at these prices because, like, I just don't think I don't think Lauer gets blown up. I think I, he's not good enough to pay seventy nine hundred for. But like, if the Reds score seven runs and like, I, don't, I don't know if the five-man is going to be good enough in large field GPPs. Milwaukee at St. Louis, nine-and-a-half total. Zach Davies, Dakota Hudson. Um, any interest here in Zach Davies coming off the IL, um, going in to St. Louis? Uh, I've said it before, and I'm not saying it before like Big T with his – Zach Davies, there's an E there. There's an E there, Tony. There's an E there. Uh uh, anyone that can pitch 90 pitches and is under 5K, I need to have interest with. This is the reason why I have interest. Why not? He came. Up, he went on the IL because he had back spasms. He, I don't think he technically needed to go on the IL. It's just that because he was dealing with back spasms, they just skipped two starts. So I don't think he's going to have any issue with pitch count. So, like, if he could, if he could pitch 90 pitches and he's 4,200 – I don't necessarily want to, but in the, if I'm going to pair someone up with Bauer and then want to get Astros bats, like why not use Zach Davis? I, I hear you. I, I do. Um, I, I don't know how many lineups I'm going to build today, but if I, you know, start venturing into 20 plus, which I've done a, a, a little bit more as the season's been going along, like he, he'll be in my player pool if I'm building 20 teams because he is 4.2 K. This bullpen is washed. Um, they just got crushed on Sunday. They played, what, 14, 14 innings on Saturday? Um, the bullpen is, is taxed. So if, if Davies can pitch well here, his leash is going to be maybe even a little longer. Like, they, they need him to eat innings here. So, you know, keep that in the back of your mind. And we'll talk about that even more when we get to the Cardinals' bats here in just a second. Dakota Hudson on the other side of this game. Hudson's really good against righties, and we continue to say this. He has a 65% ground ball rate. He has a 112 hit distance and a 124 ISO against righties. It is, it is a telltale two different signs here when it comes to Hudson. 400 Woba, 223 ISO, 17% K rate, and the fly ball rate goes up and the hard hit rate goes way up against lefties. So Hudson facing a Milwaukee team that is left-handed heavy and loaded with left-handed power bats is the easiest fade on the slate for me at 8,600. I, I agree. I mean, but I, he's 8,600, and we, look at the pitching that we have. I'd still, I still – I agree with you. I'd rather play Joe Ross at 6,900 
and play Dakota Hudson at 8,600. The fact that we're saying these sentences, like that sentence would never, you would never think of uttering. I'd rather play Joe Ross at that price versus Dakota Hudson at a price where he should be 3,000 less. But uh, on, the, on the Milwaukee side, I think uh, this is where you're going to find your, tra- your chalk cash, uh, two, two chalk cash guys in Grissom, if he's leading off at 3,500, and Moustakis at second base at 4,000 on DraftKings. Outside of that, uh, I think the stack may be a little – I mean, understand that the Brewers only have a 5.4 implied run total, okay? Like, this is not a spot where Hudson necessarily is going to get killed. But he may get killed on three home runs, but only give up five hits. So that's why I, I think people are going to go, well, I could take Grissom, then I could take Moustakis, and why not, oh, I'll be sneaky against and uh, not take Astros, and I'll take Yelich, Grandal, and, and Gira or, or Thames or something like that. I just think Hudson, even to lefties, still has a ground ball rate. It's just lower than it is to righties. I think you could take onesies and twosies and get the, you know, the big power lefty home runs. It's just like, just look at the betting line. It's a 4.5 implied run total. Uh, I think the Orioles, the Orioles have a 5.3 implied run total and they have cheaper hitters. So like I look at that and I think while you could play Grissom and Moustakis as cash game cornerstones and on DraftKings, like I think the stack will be, even though it won't be the highest owned stack, I think it'll be an over-owned stack. Yeah, I like the stack. I, I do. Um, uh, yeah, I, I hear you on the ownership part of it, but like, I like to stack against Hudson. I've stacked against him a bunch when it's left-handed heavy teams. You can leave Hera off of your stack and, like, just take Yelich, Thames, Moustakas, Grindal, um, Grisham, and, and, like, you know, you're leaving off that 4.8K second baseman. So, yeah, I'm loading up on some outfielders here, but still not playing three. Um, and um, I like the stack. I, I really do. They I have think a 4.5 implied run total. I they know, but I, I – Something. They know something, right? Like, I, it, I'll be honest. Like, if I am not in Florida and I'm in a state where I could bet, I'd be pounding the over in this game. I love the over in this game. Like, just at 9.5, I think this game is going to be one of the highest scoring games on the slate. I love the game stack here. Going to the St. Louis side, I just talked about it. If Davies is not pitching well – this bullpen has worked so much in the last two days that where are they going to go? Like Hader worked, uh, you know, the other night, and then like they had to use so many options on Sunday. Like their Saturday or Sunday bullpen workload was so heavy that if Davies struggles here and he starts getting rocked, like this game is just going to be really high scoring. So I, I love the game stack here. Like I, you know, I, call it crazy, call it overthinking, call it anything you want, but I, I like both sides of this game a lot. I think both sides of this game have good cash plays. I think they're going to be – I think Goldschmidt at first base at 4,100 is fine for cash. I think DeJong at shortstop, 4,100 would be fine at cash. I think Carpenter at 3,800 at third base is fine. I think they're, they're priced that I, – I like the prices of those guys, but I think like – in order to fit in, like you're in cash, you may be playing a couple of these guys, three Astros, and then playing like Gallon McKay, and like that's your cash lineup. But the thing is for GPP is that the more a guy is owned in cash, the more people are going to try to stack those players. So I take a look, and you're absolutely for the prices. I agree that what this is a nine and a half total in general. 
that the prices are appealing outside of like Yelich's is normal, fifty seven hundred. I mean, Ozuna's forty eight hundred, whatever. But you could you could make nicely priced stacks, nice twenty one k, twenty one and a half k stacks here, and the game could go up. These are not good pitchers; they're not the worst of pitchers. But I think just from the fact that two guys on both sides are going to be 10 to 15% owned, mean people want to st- they go, oh, well, I could play. If I'm playing Mustakis and Grissom, I might as well just stack them. And if I'm going to play uh, Goldschmidt and Carpenter, I might as well just stack them. And like for a nine and a half total, we have games on this slate that have higher totals. And like I get in a vacuum, Stevie, I agree with you. But I just think in large field GPPs, I think these teams are going to be over-owned as a stack, but you could always play any of these guys as one-offs. I hear you. Um, I don't – yeah, I, I hear you. Right, it, but we're both correct. Well, I'm not saying no, – No, I'm not – no, I, 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 know, I know what you're saying. Like, so I think something that like I say, I've said so many times before, I play a lot of three-entry max um, high-dollar stuff. So I'm not – playing those it's small field it's like you're playing 500 people right like you're fine you're fine then yeah don't do whatever you want you're good but no but no i i hear you and i think that that's why people appreciate you being on the show like i'm trying to win twenty nine thousand against twenty nine thousand other people (laughs) hey man um you know anyway uh angels and rangers uh dylan peters against kobe colby allard um no total in this one yet i think it's because um i got a total i got a total do you it's a way high it's 11 and a half it doesn't shock me um i knew they were kind of throwing around with who was going to start for texas and um allard starting here anyway um any interest in kobe allard or yeah no. Or Dylan Peters at 9K and 9,600 and an 11 and a half total game in the 100 degree Texas heat. What are we, nuts? <laughs> Is it crazy that I have a little interest? And well, Allard has some strikeout stuff, so I, so I get it. But Peters, I, I, there's no chance I pay 9K for him. I, I know, well, the Rangers strike out a lot. It's like, I love the way that you're like, I don't care the total's nine and a half and the Brewers are a four and a half. I'm stacking this game, and this is the game with the highest total. And you're like, I kind of like the pitchers. I, I, man, I love lefties against Texas. I can't lie. Um, I, I guess, like, if this game, maybe in, in L.A., I'd probably play Peters here over Hudson, over um, Allard, over Gonzalez, over Miley. Um, but with this game being in Texas, I hear you. I, I got to respect this ballpark. I got to respect the heat and I got to respect his high numbers and ISO with the heat. So, um, Colby Allard on the other side, like you said, he does have some strikeout stuff. Um, you know, he's shown it in the minors. Um, the only issue that I have with him is the same issue we have against every pitcher that faces the angels. They don't strike out as much. Yeah, but that's why I that's why I love this is the game stack, Stevie. This is the uh, game that no one's gonna look at. They're gonna go, I'm gonna Astros this, I'm gonna go to Milwaukee or whatever. And because <laughs> the prices aren't all that great. So I mean, like you take a look at the 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 like what you do, because you can't stack the Angels because they have all the outfielders. You take you take a trout, you take a pool holes at first base, and then you go to the other side of the game and you take Andrews at short, you take Pence in the outfield. You could take Odor at second, which is just a, it's a, 
I don't care. Lefty, lefty, he's fine. He could strike out 700 times against any side of the plate. So that's perfectly fine. The bottom of this lineup sucks. I don't even care about Jeff Mathis at this point. Uh, and st- you got two 2K catchers, Stassi and Mathis. How do you not like this game, Stevie? <laughs> two 2K catchers here. But I'm, I'm I won't like say that the, the, the pricing here, it's like, are you going to, like, it's going to be one of those things where, uh, Springer and Alvarez and Brantley and those guys will be like 20% owned. And then you'll look at Trout and be like, well, if he's 7% owned with a 5.8 implied run total, why aren't I taking him? Trout, Upton. Um, like, we get some cheaper bats here, too. Like, Fletcher, probably going to hit leadoff, 3,900. Like, we get some under 4K guys in this game as well um, when it comes to the Angels. So, Fletcher's not a big power guy. But the one thing that we can always count on with Fletcher is he's going to put the bat on the ball. He has a 97% contact rate against lefties this season. So the ball is going in play. If we're adding in the heat and all that good, all that good stuff, like, you know, we have to have some, some interest in Fletcher here. You can play him at shortstop. Um, so I like Fletcher. I love Trout. You know, it, it's as simple as what you were just saying. All those Houston guys are going to get a ton of ownership which is fine. It's Edwin Jackson. We, we completely understand why Houston has almost a seven implied total on the slate. We get it. But, you know, the flip side of that is <laughs> you're going to give me Mike Trout a lower ownership. Um, so I, I love Trout. I like Upton. I Honestly, I don't even hate like Otani if he's in the lineup here, right? Like because if Otani's in the lineup in this game or, yeah, if Otani's in the lineup here, like – how long do we really expect this young pitcher to go if they're rolling? Yeah, but he's 5K. I'd rather, if I'm going to stack, like, you're going to have to find, like, I'd play Spletcher at third and then play, like, Rangipo at 3,200 at second base to fill a second base spot. And wrap like, it around with Stassi at 2K. Oh, no, don't do that to yourself. But, no, if you're going to stack <laughs> the Angels, make sure, you, oh, like I always say, don't forget the catcher in your stacks because they end up hitting the home run and you start killing yourself. You say, oh, I can't bet Danny Jansen betting sixth, uh, betting ninth at home. Can't do that. And then he hits a dong, and you're like, why isn't he in my stack? I, I do that too often. That's why I have, I've, I'm doing this. So when I listen to this in the morning, it reminds me not to do anything stupid. <laughs> oh, I'm glad I'm not the only person that listens back to remember, like, refresh my thoughts. Um, anyway, the, the Texas bats here. I honestly, I hate this team against left-handed pitching. So if I'm going to play this team, it's going to be a stack. I'm not going to sit here and try to tell you guys one-offs. If I'm playing Texas today, it's a stack. Well, that seems kind of counterintuitive. I hate this team so much, I want five of them. That, exactly. <laughs> that, that's exactly because, like, because yeah, I know what you mean. Because you can't choose which one's going to do well. Because one could do well, and everyone else sucks. Or they could all do well. and But picking out which one it's going to be is just to, just throw it up in the air and see what happens. I still haven't talked myself off Dylan Peters yet. So if I'm playing this team, I'm, I'm playing five of them. The hedge life. You play both. <laughs> Maybe. It depends on how many teams I make. If I make 20 teams, I'll have a P- Peters team or two. Um, uh, real quick, uh, thoughts on Texas? No, I mean, I, th- I think they're going to be under owned for, the, for the, the total. So... As compared to ownership, just look at that. Wait for Jamino's hamster wheel to go around and then decide from there. Chicago White Sox, Minnesota Twins, nine and a half total. Um, Nova against Gibson. Gibson, a 220 favorite here. Any interest in Nova? Would it be weird of me to say yes? 
depending on if Kepler's in the lineup. Because once you look, like, Nova's much worse to lefties, but, I mean, he's much worse to everyone. But Nova has not been doing that bad. I know it's 8,300. I'd almost rather play, like, Means or Ross or something like that. But, like, people don't like playing pitchers against the Twins. Rightfully so. They have a 5.7 implied run total. But the less lefty bats that are in their lineup, I mean, with Cruz got with Cruz on the IL, like they they got power, but they also they have more strikeout potential. So I think Nova at eighty three hundred is not someone that it's someone that I throw in if I get five percent. So be it. It's just that like outside of maybe Polanco or the lefty bats, basically the lefty bats in the lineup. I don't really want to play that many Twins. Um, Cruz, there's a good chance he gets activated on Monday for what it's worth. So, oh, okay. So, so, so Nick's that. But I really do think Kepler will be out of the lineup. Like, the, he was sick, and then the heat got to him. I think they give him a day. So, um, I really don't have any interest in Nova. I, I hear you on that one. I, again, like, the more we go through this slate, the more I like John Means. Um, so, uh, as far as Gibson goes, I know he's expensive, but like it, we have to have a pivot off of Bauer somewhere, and, and like we're gonna talk about um, Zach Gollin when we get there here in a few minutes. Um, but like, I honestly I don't really hate the idea of Kyle Gibson here. Like he's a guy he just pitched against this team like, I think a week, maybe a week and a half ago, and put up almost thirty, um, and he was seventy seven hundred. Like. We have a massive increase in price here, but on the flip side of that, all these guys are expensive today. So we have to just re- remember that when we're looking at this slate that everybody's priced up except for Brandon McKay. But we look at the White Sox. They're terrible. They strike out a ton. Gibson has a ton of upside here. He could easily, if Bauer gets in trouble and, and gives up that eight-run ga- eight game that we were talking about earlier, like Gibson could be the highest-scoring pitcher on the slate. No, no, I agree with you. At 10.1, I think he, I think he's okay. Uh, it's going to really, to me, in large field GPPs, is going to depend on ownership. I think uh, the problem with Bauer is not his upside. It's just the fact of lineup construction. So I think if people are stacked, if the chalk stack is going to be like Astros, which are going to be very expensive, like I could see it be something like, like Gibson, McKay, and a three-man Astros with some other five-man stack, or it's something like Gibson and real and means with a five man Astros stack using like Chirinos and then three other cheaper guys or something. Like I just I just think when using Gibson in a large field GPP, be more cognizant of the bats that you're playing with him. Cause I think Gibson's gonna be over twenty percent owned. I think McKay is gonna be ridiculous. I think if you're playing McKay and Astros, like don't play a 29,000-person contest. Or you better have one-offs that are 2% owned. So, to me, I don't mind Gibson at all. I'm not rushing to play him at 10-1. But just be concerned that, like, I'd rather I'd – rather, I think Bauer has more of a shot at getting a 40-point game than Gibson. And that makes up for the one bat that you couldn't get. And I'm more likely to re- rely on Bauer's strikeouts than some, some random batter to hit a home run. <laughs> you just look at this White Sox lineup, just looking at the lineup, it is just you, – you mentioned, um, you know, garbage stacks and all those fun things. But all it's the not time. They're not cheap enough for vomit, Stevie. No, I wish they like, were. Like, I, I'm just saying, like, like this is the definition of vomit. Um, when you, no, it's too expensive. It's top-shelf vomit. I don't want top-shelf vomit. 
I meant just their 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 numbers make me want to puke. Um, I have zero interest in the White Sox today. I, I it'd be painful for me, me to say, but I do. I mean, Tim Anderson's forty six hundred. Abreu is over four. I mean, the guy like Eloy is even thirty nine hundred. He was like thirty four hundred before. Like Matt Skoll, if he's in the lineup, he's thirty one hundred, but he takes up a first base spot. What are you going to play, Yolmer Sanchez? Get out of here! Like. Uh, it's the type of thing where if you tell me Gibson is 30% owned, I want to play White Sox against Chalk Gibson, but like I'd rather play I'd rather play the Orioles. I'd rather play I'd rather play the Royals, overpriced Royals. I'd rather play the Padres. I'd rather play the Padres against Bauer than play at their prices because they're so they're much cheaper than the White Sox against Gibson, even though Bauer's a much better pitcher. I just don't see Gibson giving up three home runs. If he has a bad outing, it's because it's just being he's being babbipped to death. Yeah, um, and then the other side of this game, like Ivan Nova's coming off of two really, really solid games. Like he, he's thrown 17 innings over his last two games um, through a complete game against Houston last time out. Um, like he, he's coming off of two really good games. This lineup rolls out, and, and Kepler's in there, Cruz is in there. Like – are, are we just going to see the Twins kind of go overlooked? We've talked about so many offenses already. We haven't even talked about Houston. We talked about the Texas game. We talked about the two games that we started with with the 10 totals. Like, is Minnesota just going to be a team today that people just overlook? Minnesota's criminally over overlooked every slide. Play them all the time because it's always like, oh, Boston or, oh, New York or the Yankees. Oh, you know, the, the course is on the slate. And then I look, and then the Twins have a six-plus implied total at ownership of 6%. So, like, yes, although I said before, like, like Nova at 8-3 may be in my player pool depending on how the Twins lineup comes out. But if Kepler's in at 4,600, Polanco's 4,400, Rosario's 4,800, I mean, garbage is expensive as a catcher. But you, you, could, you could make – like, I'm not as thrilled with the five-man stack, but I, I, I could – depending on the lineup, I can see making a couple of expensive stacks, but I like it more as a two or three man. See the five man appeal to this one for me, and, and I know you're going to hate it because you got to use three outfielders to do it. But Jake Cave with the wraparound um, being so cheap with so much power, I know he hasn't really shown it this year, but we know he has raw power. Kepler, Polanco, Rosario, like there, there's. I know you're using three outfielders. It, it really just. Honestly, like, my Minnesota interest all depends on what this lineup looks like when it comes out. Like, and I, I hate to say that, but when you're recording a podcast the night before, I, I don't have the lineup in front of me. I can't tell you exactly how I feel about Minnesota until I see. Is Kepler in there? Is Cruz in there? Like, who's batting Also, where? you have to remember, if Castro's in instead of Garver, that gives you a much cheaper catcher. Right. No, they Garver didn't play Sunday. I'm guessing he'll be back in the lineup, but – it would be nice if Castro's in there. That'd be be fantastic. But honestly, right now, looking at this team, Polanco is probably my favorite play. He's forty four hundred. He offers a ton of upside at a shortstop position. So um, Polanco is certainly a guy that I'm looking at. But I really like Jake Cave um, at three point two K. He's a lot of raw power. Just a random ninth hitter on a home team. Good luck with Listen, that. It's fine with me. Um, in an outfield spot. Oh. Hey, come on! You know me. Um, he's got, I'll play he's got, uh, Stevie. He's better. He better be the two-hit guy under four K in the morning grind game. No, I have somebody else. But um, oh, you so you don't believe in Jake Cave? Listen, I already told you my love for Milwaukee, St. Louis. You you better uh -huh. bet your ass that my picks coming from that game. Probably all my picks. Detroit at Houston, nine and a half total. Edwin Jackson, Wade Miley. 
it is very rare that we see favorites this high. Wade Miley is a minus 470. Um, <laughs> Edwin Jackson. We're not playing Edwin Jackson, right? Like, we don't need to uh, – Hold on. Hold on, Stevie. Oh, no. <laughs> Talking to – I mean, uh, <laughs> this is me trying to justify a contrarian play. Uh, he will be – he may be in my player pool. I may not have much of him, but the fact is that we – Edward Jackson sucks. He's put together two decent outings. And when I mean decent outings, I mean he hasn't gotten shelled. So, like, it's not like he's four strikeouts, two walks, giving up two runs. I mean, he's given up two home runs and one home run. But he's been able to pitch into the game 90-plus pitches and put up two wins. I don't think the Tigers win this game, so you take four points off the score. It's still double digits. Now, that was against what? What, Seattle and, and Kansas City? Uh, uh, the Houston's a way, way, way better hitting team than Seattle and Kansas City. But there's a world, Stevie, some alternate universe that Edwin Jackson just – I like to embrace variants. It's going to be like 9.30 Eastern, 10 o'clock Eastern, and people are going to be on Twitter going, can you believe Edward Jackson pitched six innings with five strikeouts? He gave up two home runs, but he actually had a pretty decent outing. And my Astros stack at 25% ownership went down in flames because they only scored seven runs. There's a world where that happens. So in a world where that happens, and I'm not playing as many Astros, the correlative move is to have at least a small percentage of Edward Jackson at 5,700, being that he's a pitcher that could pitch at least 90 pitches. It's game theory. It's leverage. It's large field tournaments. You're, you're trying to win the tournament. Like, yeah, we all get happy when we have winning days and we're cashing and all that good stuff. But at the end of the day, we're trying to win tournaments. So if the Astros team ownership is pushing 20-plus percent on a nine-game slate, what you're trying to say is – the ultimate leverage play is to play Jackson in less Houston. And if – Not if play it, a lot of Jackson. I'm just – Not a lot. No, I, I hear you. Just throw him in sprinkle. Yeah. Just sprinkle, sprinkle on some sprinkles on that whipped cream. But I hear you. Like, if you're going to go underweight on Houston, I think that's a, enough leverage on a slate like this in, in general. Um, but I, you're saying ultimate leverage play is if Jackson goes out and gives you 15 fantasy points at less than 2% owned, probably closer to 1%, like he could potentially be the highest scoring pitcher in that price range against the most chalkiest stack on the slate. So I hear you. I'm listening. I hear you. Right. Um, I don't like it. It's a hold your nose. This is, this is, this is not only a vomit arm. This is like, like you've left it in the toilet and like you haven't flushed it. And now you're going to back to vomit again. And you're like, Oh, you now have to smell this crap. It's like, it's that type of play. Wade Miley on the other side of this game is 11-2. Um, I think Gibson and Bauer have more upside than Wade Miley on this slate. I will say I hate using the word safe when it comes to baseball just in general. He's pretty safe here. I'm not going to argue. Um, it, it's a Detroit team. They're very bad. Uh, they have a 27% K rate against lefties this season. Wade Miley generates ground balls. He has enough ability to get strikeouts. He's safe. I, I don't think I'll end up playing him. Maybe on like a draft app, like if if I'm needing like my third pitcher or something on a draft app or something, if I'm playing three mans, maybe there. But like I'm not gonna pay, I'm not gonna pay this price tag in tournaments for Miley when I can go up to Bauer down to Gibson for just as much upside, if not way more. 
maybe that's why I will pay for him. No, I, I, I listen. I'm not going to talk anybody off Wade Miley today. I think I think Wade Miley, if he's if we see his ownership projected at like 15 or less, like I, I, I don't mind it. I this Detroit team sucks, strikes out a lot, and they're not patient. So if you told me that Miley went out and pitched a complete game shutout, even if he only had six strikeouts, I mean that's a great score for this slate. And you tell me even if Miley goes out and gives you a 18 to 20 point performance and Bauer gets blown up, you'd you'd much rather have Miley. You know, I think Miley's in a better spot than Marco Gonzalez is. So to me, it's not about safety. It's about how you're constructing your lineups for large field GPPs. So if you're going to play a lineup that will be chalk combinations that Bauer would be in and you take the 500 and go down to Miley, like you differentiate there and spend the 500 to uh, upgrade a bat somewhere. And then you're, you now have the same lineup as the Bauer guy. And if Bauer blows up, you win because it's, it's unlikely, much less likely. I, I actually think it's less likely that Miley gets blown up than Bauer does. Like, I don't see how this Tigers team kills Miley in three innings. And, of course, uh, we're, we're going to just record that, and you're going to play that back at, like, 10 o'clock tonight when he gives up seven runs because anything could happen. But, uh, but yeah, but to me, that, that's, you're not playing Miley for his upside. You're playing him because uh, there's, a, there's a, an alternate universe somewhere. There's a percentage of time that Bauer gets killed, and Miley puts up a much better score than him. You know where I like Miley? I like Miley on FanDuel. You get a $1,200 discount from Bauer to Miley's 9K. You can almost lock in that quality start and win. Like, we're almost locking in those points. So, I, again, I still like Bauer a lot, and a majority of my lineups will have Bauer over Miley. But the more I think about it, the more I do like Miley because this lineup's bad. A lot of, a lot of ground balls, very low walk rate, really high strikeout rate. They have a little bit of power here. Like, Miggy still has power against lefties. Rogers, Jake Rogers, who they called up, he has some power. Dixon has some power, but he strikes out at a massive clip. So, those are the guys you want. You want those guys that have those 30% K rate plus. So, um, as far as Detroit bats, is there anything that's standing out to you against Miley? I mean, this, this qualifies as a vomit stack, but I don't – I would have more interest in the vomit stack if Miley – like, let's say Miley was 8,600 in this matchup and he was going to be massive chalk, then, I, then I, at least I get leverage off the bats. So if Miley's going to be lower-owned, and I'm, I'm playing Miley because he's lower-owned, like why would I be doing that with the Detroit bats when I could get, a, when I could get like the Rays at a little bit more expensive but like not like dirt cheap? It's just that I look at this stack and I go, who, the, who am I taking, Dowell Lugo? I mean, what am I doing here? Uh, I I can see playing maybe like if Hicks is in the lineup because he's twenty six hundred if he's catching and he maybe a Dixon one off or a Rogers like a power one off Jordy Mercer even at shortstop sure I guess if you want to if you need a pay down pay down spot but I'm not like I know I'm the king of the vomit stacks but like like it's it's not it's not against a pitcher that's going to be owned enough for me to, to for this to be worth it at least to me yeah I have zero interest in it like. I could build 150 teams and I don't think I'd play them today. So, um, Houston, 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 Houston. All right. Really quick. The really quick, the quickest thing is just play all the guys, right? Doesn't, doesn't someone else say that? Isn't that like the catchphrase of some, some cool guy that's on Twitch? 
somewhere? Play all the dudes? <laughs> what I was going to say was, really quick, Edwin Jackson, uh, 308 ISO against lefty, 429 <laughs> ISO against righties. Um, hard hit rate, over 42% to both sides. 15% strikeout rate uh, to righties. 13.8% strikeout rate to lefties. And Stevie, only, I may have 5% of that. <laughs> the only reason, the only reason you don't have um, a lot of Astros today is because you're playing the ownership game. If you're building a bunch of teams today, you're playing them. Like, get leverage by not playing as much. But you're not building 150 teams today and fading Houston. I think that's a bad move, in my opinion. Yes, I think I'm more likely. It's not that I'm fading Houston. Like, I got to see what the ownership is comes out let's, to let's just say for for general terms it comes out at 20 percent for team ownership okay i'm more likely to play twos and threes and one's okay. off one's into like i'm not playing the five-man stack and if i'm gonna play the five-man stack it may be with like like sit like i'm gonna try to get chirinos in a catcher i'm gonna try to get correa like i'm gonna play correa over bregman i'm gonna play uh springer over alvarez in the stack like, I'm going to try to just make the five-man stack. I'll play Reddick batting ninth or something. Like, Guriel at 5,100. He's going to be left. Because I don't care about the side of the plate to Jackson. I, of course, you'd rather have the lefties. But that's what everyone's going to do. Everyone's going to go, I'm going to play uh, basically two, three, four, five, six or something. Two, three, four, five, eight. One, two. Maybe they skip over Bregman and play one, two, three, five. Six. Like, it's going to be all of that. So if I play the five-man, especially if I'm playing the five-man with McKay at starting pitcher, I got to play a much more differentiated five-man, unless I'm playing, like obviously, like the one-offs are like absurd 1% one, 1 one-offs. But that's why I see Edwin Jackson. Uh, there's a world, the alternate universe again, where he doesn't, he doesn't do well for – he still comes in negative points, but he, he only gives up eight runs. And the Astros only get eight, right? He gives up three home runs, get those three home runs, and then you, you, you're stuck with like, oh, well, Alvarez was such in a good spot. He only had eight points. Well, well, you're not winning a GPP that way. It's, it could be any, any of those guys could be that guy. Just make sure you have the three that actually do well. Yeah, I, I like, listen, I, I love hearing your thoughts on that. Um, me – if I'm doing the five man, I'm probably not playing McKay. Like I, I'm looking for where I can get leverage, and it would be on my, it'd be on my one offs on that, and it'd be on my pitching. So like I'm not, I'm not playing Houston with the with the chalk SP two. Like if I'm playing a five man, like, and there's a good chance I have a Houston five man today. There really is. Like you know, obviously roster construction, um, and all that stuff, but. Yeah, it's just not a spot that I fade. Even if I'm building 150 teams, I don't fade this spot today. So, Right, and I'm a little bit more risk. I, I'm a little bit more contrarian than you, where I'm like, it's quite possible I have 150 lineups and I have zero Houston stacks. But I still may have all these guys at 10%. Like, I may have all – I mean, I may have all of the Astros in ones, twos, and threes, just not the five. You're hoping you get those two home runs from that one guy and hey, nobody else. Yeah. No, I, I hear you. It'd probably be Alvarez. Rockies at Diamondbacks. Chi-Chi Gonzalez against Zach Gollin. Um, <laughs> oh, man. This is a standalone 8 o'clock or standalone late game. Chi-Chi Gonzalez is supposed to pitch here to open for Kyle Freeland is, is what I was reading. Um, <laughs> I'm not playing either one of those guys. No, I mean, that's, that's 
Imagine, imagine going to dinner, like you get going to a nice dinner, five-star meal or whatever. And it's like, here's your appetizer, Chuchu Gonzalez. And you're like, well, this kind of sucks. Like, I hope the entree is better. And then Kyle Freeland comes out. It's like, you might as well go to a different restaurant at that point. What kind, why do they, why does Kyle Freeland need an opener? And why is the, like, why didn't they just have Chuchu Rodriguez pitch at this point? Listen, uh, <laughs> Uh, I don't know, but I'm also reading that it, it's probably not going to be a reliever situation. It's just going to be Chichi Gonzalez. So okay, well he's 55 like and he can throw 90 pitches. So, like I guess, <laughs> I mean, there's no total. I don't see a total in this game. Yeah, um, it sounds like Freeland's getting moved back, and we'll talk about him on Tuesday. But yeah, Chichi, oof, um, he's 5500 again. Probably not going to do it. Um, Hey, would you rather play Chuchu Gonzalez or Edwin Jackson? <laughs> oh, really? You think, have to think that much? I, I mean, I think it's obviously Chi-Chi. Come on. Edwin I Jackson. think it's Chi-Chi as well. Right, um, but I'd I mean, rather, feel like you to play either. I know you're not playing either of them. I'd rather but take if, the slate off. <laughs> see, the thing is, is that, like, I, I'm making the case that I'm not going to play Chichi Gonzalez, even though it's like, well, he's 200 less than Edwin Jackson, and Edwin Jackson sucks. It's like, well, Edwin Jackson I know is going to be is correlative to my Astros fade lineups. Like, Chichi Gonzalez doesn't get that leverage. And I don't see him putting up, a, even if he pitches five innings, a good enough. So I'd rather play Zach Davis at that point. So, like, for, for this, like, I take a look at the other side of the game. And, like, to me, my favorite lineup construction, and if you want to get bats in the Astros game, is to play Zach Allen with McKay. And then you can't get all of the Astros, but you could get – Probably two, maybe three of them. Yeah. Um, I like it a lot. Uh, I like Zach Gollin. We like Rockies when they're on the road. Um, we don't know if the roof is going to be open or closed yet. Like, usually it's 107. That is... It's 107. They're closed. Oh, okay. Yeah, so the roof will be closed. Uh, usually that information's out. Like, they usually do it at a week at a time for when you're buying tickets. But roof closed is an is a upgrade to pitching. Zach Gollin's good. He's a very talented young prospect. He just faced this team, and now he gets them on level playing field. Like, I love it. Like, they just saw him. They're going to see different stuff this time. Like, his, his curveball is going gonna, is gonna to break more. We know the vertical, vertical break on pitches is not as good in the higher altitude, of course. So, this is a spot he's like, all right, you guys saw me. My turn. No, I think Gallon's my preferred SP1 on the slate more than Bauer, just from the, the bats that you can get. Like, if you're going to play Bauer, you're more likely – I mean, I think, the number, I think the number one pitching option is not an SP1. I think McKay is the number one pitching option on the slate, and you're going to be using him as an SP2. I don't, I don't see the optimal, if you're playing cash on DraftKings, to be like McKay and a cheaper pitcher. I think you're either using Gallon and McKay or Gibson and McKay. But, I mean, I think Gallon's a more talented pitcher than Gibson, and he's, what, 800 cheaper. But from the perspective of the Rockies, I'm more inclined to play the Rockies the more that Gallon is owned. I don't necessarily want to stack the Rockies because they're not really priced all that down. But if you tell me that Gallon is going to be 30-plus percent owned, I may have a Blackman one-off. I may have a Story one-off. I may I could play Daniel Murphy. I could play, I could play Arenado at 4,500. I don't know about – 
five of them together or anything. But if you tell me Gallon is 22% owned, 18, 20%, I'll probably just have three times the field of him and not even worry about the Rockies. I think he'll be owed their own on the slate. Uh, pricing's kind of weird on the slate. Like, I, I think that Gibson will get ownership. Um, and, like, with McKay just eating up that 7K range, I, I think that it's going to be uh, – man, Jamino has such a tough job. But we say it all the time. But, yeah, we're going to have to pay attention to that. Um, Rockies bats, anything kind of – you said, you know, maybe one or two guys here. But it really, it's really all dependent on how owned Gallon is. Right. Like, I, I don't want to necessarily pick on him in Arizona – but, like, you, the, the more the gallon is owned, that means the less that the Rockies have to be owned. It's the way the proportions work out. So if you told me that Blackman is 2.5% owned, like, Blackman could put up two home runs today. I mean, like, it wouldn't shock you if Story did or Arenado did or if Murphy hit one out, just one. It wouldn't shock you. And if you tell me they're going to be 2 or 3% owned, like, that's for large field GPPs, that's, that's all you need. But if they're going to be four or five percent owned, because Gallon is going to be as owned, I'd much rather just play a lot more Gallon. As far as Arizona goes, um, you know, uh, if if it is Chichi, I think that uh, David Peralta at four point two k is a little cheap. Um, I don't mind him maybe as a one off. If Marte is out again, um, it'd be interesting to see who they what they do with the lineup. Are they going to move it up? Are they going to you know bat Jake Lamb up towards the top of the lineup? He'd be interesting at three point six k. They're more of like pieces. I don't think I'd stack them today, but you know I'm not afraid to use them as pieces. Walker is four point one k. He has plenty of power. You know it's not like the Rockies bullpen is terrible. You know their numbers are not great when they're in cores, but they're a completely different team. Pieces of Arizona is fine. Uh, if Marte is in, I agree with you. And if Marte is out, I will be stacking the Diamondbacks because the price on the stack goes down. So, like, if you play – let's say they play Flores in, and he'll be, what, like 4,300, I think? I, I, don't, I don't know what his price is. He's 4,300. Okay, so you'll have Peralta at 42. Like, Escobar is going to be the highest-priced bat at 49, and no one's going to play him with the Astros chalk. Uh, Lamb, Rojas is 3,100 in outfield. I take a look, they could fill two outfield spots, Walker at first base, Lamb at third, Eduardo Escobar at second, or, or Flores at second. Like, you'd always play Carson Kelly at 4,300. I think Ahmed is a little overpriced at 4,700. But, like, in comparison to their ownership, I mean, they, they could be 4% owned in, in aggregate. So, like, Marte is a better hitter, sure, but he's 5,300. So, like, if I want to play Marte and Escobar together – it's like now I'm playing Astros prices for the Diamondbacks, which will lower their ownership, but it's just not as appealing. All right, let's play the morning grind game, and then we're going to get out of here. Give me a guy under 8K to get six or more strikeouts today. Under 8K? Oh, really? So, so am I going to do it? Is this, this is, you're just giving me a gimme. This is a gimme. A beginning in the – this is a beginning of the week gimme. your top pitcher on the slate, so – Yeah, McKay, come on. What, what, what are we – Let's get this over with. Like, yeah, like, you know, that's your guy. I'm going to take John Means. Uh, again, like, I wasn't as high on him as I was um, as we got going here, but Means is certainly going to be a guy that I'm looking at to pivot off of McKay some today. Um, over 8K to score under 15, there's plenty of options. <laughs> for Sometimes we don't have a lot of options. Today we do. To score under 15? Yep. Oh, boy, there's a wealth of options. It's almost like it's almost too. It's like going to the candy store, and not knowing what to choose. Uh, 
I'm going to go with Dakota Hudson. That's who I was going to take. You took my guy. Well, that's why I go first. I know. Um, I'm always nice to let the guests go first. Um, give me um, Colby Allard. Uh, I know he has K upside, but he's just facing that team in, in, in Texas. Um, over 4K to hit a home run. We don't have to – no cores, so don't have to worry about that today. Uh, just give me a guy that you think over 4K is going to go yard today. Right. Oh, you should almost have a no Astros rule. Well, my guy's not for Houston, so that's fine. Okay, I'll, I'll go off the board just, just, just because I mentioned him in the first game. And you're, you played means, so I got to get leverage on the morning grind game. I'm taking Chelsea Cuthbert. Oh, no, I'm taking Cuthbert as my two-hit guy. But I'll, I'll, take, I'll take Dozier as, as my – it's the Royals. Just give me the Royals. All right. Um, my over 4K home run today, oh, it, it's Yelich. Y'all just going yard today. And then my guy under 4K is... Jake Cave. No, it's Jake Cave, I thought. No, I said I was going to take somebody from the St. Louis-Milwaukee game. I'm just, like, depending on... Deciding on which one I want to take. You know what? Matt Carpenter's going to get two hits today. Okay. It's not on a limb, right? I don't think he's had a multi game. I think that that's almost as risky as Jake Cave. Yeah, listen, Cave might outscore him. Um, give me a stack to score six or more runs. Okay. <laughs> I cannot say Astros. Houston. <laughs> you can't say Houston? Oh, no, I can't. Oh, that's no fun. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to correlate. I'm going to go for the stealing in the morning grind game by saying the Royals. Man, you really don't like my dude. Um, I'm going for upside. This is the cor- correlative effects. I'm either gonna win win today or lose tremendously. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with St. Louis uh, again. I honestly I don't hate Davies today, but if he gets in trouble, that bullpen's tax. I just want to say it one more time. Uh, any final thoughts before we get out of here? Uh, d- don't come to me crying when the Astros don't uh, hit a million runs, and then cut, and then feel free to when they because I've done this before. And I think the last time I said that, they scored 23 runs. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'll be ready for the gifts coming at me. That's fine. Uh, I think everybody has gotten used to you know knowing your thoughts and processes here. So on that note, we're going to get out of here. I hope everyone enjoys their Monday. I hope everyone had an awesome weekend. We'll be back tomorrow talking some more baseball. Good luck in your contest, and we'll see you then.